you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast is more scientific than DDFP. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by nothing. No heroes. Excuse me, sir. Well, we'll get to you in a second. I just want to I, – I came back from vacation today. I was expecting some heroes to be here. Everyone away on different things. You have – uh, Mark at a family reunion. You have Wes, I assume, somewhere in, in Cincinnati eating chili. Greg, I literally have no idea where he is. I assume maybe in Japan. Um, so what I have to do, I have to reach out. I need a lifeline, a man to save the day. Give me somebody to talk to for about 50 minutes. So I text old Dave Damashek. Who steps up in a big way? It's my way. Dave Damashek, everybody. I let bygones be bygones. You looked to the pen. You you tapped your left arm, and out came Damashek to play uh, to play Roll Aids Relief Man. This is a special day because uh, I was on the Dave Damashek football program earlier today, and now Dave, for the first time, just Dave and I, uh, a two man show, a home and home. So a lot, a lot to talk on your show. What did we do? What did we talk about on your show? We had a guest. We had a lot of stuff. By the way, I think we should. I, I love the idea of doing these crossover shows, and they almost always are very well reviewed. I don't know why we don't do it. Now, I did hear you say, yeah, so we talked about we had Rashad Jennings of the Giants in. Mm-hmm. Nice um, Yeah, we, we came. Hall of Fame eye contact guy, by the way. Boy, Hall of Fame handsome, too, huh? Handsome devil. A lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, he's a, he's a talented man, plays guitar and piano. He also shared some great stories from training camp, both pro 
and college. As a freshman at Pitt, he had some really, I mean, he had a, a quad, you know. I didn't have one of those quads. I just had a regular roommate, but I'm familiar with the idea of uh, you, a roommate, and then two people who share a bathroom. His quad is all-time great. Talk about uh, talk about that. But you said at the top of the show, whoever that voice was, that uh, voice of God you had doing something there, saying uh, more Matt Money Smith. I'm not familiar with who that is. But um, anyway, uh, that voice said that, uh, you know, more scientific than the DDFP, perhaps. But, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, try and settle any hash here and now. But the football community has spoken. In fact, Jeremy Hill of the Cincinnati Bengals said this recently. Hey, this is Jeremy Hill here from the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> and if I need any NFL news, I don't watch ATN. I go straight to Damashek. And it was weird. Like, it's just like off in a random conversation he was recorded. I feel like he really – Surreptitiously. I feel like he really fumbled that opinion. Ah, uh, that's not very nice to Jeremy. He's doing the best yeah. he can out there. Uh, so, yeah, big, big home and home. So, make sure you check out the Damashek football program. We thank you for listening to our show, sponsored and beholden by no one. Hmm. And to no one. Stick it. Stick with it, though, man. Hang it, hang in there. Today's show, good one. We're going to uh, uh, open up the mailbag because, again, this is a historic show. Sheck and I um, together, uh, just the two of us. So I sent out a prompt to all the listeners, and I know we share a lot of the same listeners, our two shows, uh, for a mailbag, and uh, the listeners did not disappoint. A lot of good stuff to get to on that. Uh, and uh, as well as uh, some news from around the NFL. It is, it's the quiet period. It's inching to a close now, uh, Shaq. We can almost see the light at the end of the tumul- tunnel or, I guess, the darkness uh, during this period of light. Do you like when it's quiet like this, or do you are you ready to get back into it? I don't know. I'm conflicted because we really, on, uh, on DDFP, sort of go off the rails at this time, and it is very fun. Like, we've started doing things like with offensive linemen having food-based debates, best potato preparation. I think that has <laughs> been fun. We On our show today, we talked about The Bachelorette with you and Lindsay and Mark Iztook. I like doing that stuff. We've done a lot of Game of Thrones talk in the offseason. Now, some hardcore football fans don't like that very much. Yeah. So, I, I, it's not so much what I like. I like talking football, of course. It's one of my very favorite subjects in all the land. And yet, I like to go off the rails sometimes. So, yeah. So, I think football fans will enjoy the return of football, as will I. What are, I mean, what are we doing now? We're talking about baseball. That's the only thing happening now. Baseball and NBA free agency. The sweet relief of pigskin is nigh. It's coming. Uh, And we'll also touch – we'll check in on on Dave Damashek's long-awaited Spotify playlist. Where he's at on that? He said he was going to drop it months and months ago, it felt like. Uh, It's become his own version of Chinese democracy. Hmm. So we'll see where where he's at on that. We'd love to hear uh, what Sheck's listening to. But before we do any of that, we check behind the glass. Uh, We call him Irish. What's up, buddy? I just have to say your hair looks fantastic. Oh, thank you. I mean, it does typically, but you came back from vacation, and it's it's spot on. Wow, thanks. I really appreciate that. You know, the- what felt more like an obligation: Jeremy Hill saying what he just <laughs> said about DDFP, or McGee saying that about Hanzus's now legendary head of salt and pepper hair. Jeremy Hill, one hundred percent, because you guys asked them to. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll tease the mailbag here, and we'll let uh, the Irishman answer. Someone did ask a question: What's better? The old Zeuser's hair or Damashek's beard? 
Oh, I'll let wow. you answer that one right now, Irishman. Wow, that is tough. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with your hair, but I love Dave's beard. I would go Hanzoos's uh, hair, as a matter of fact. It's a glorious mane that he has, and I and I covet it because I used to have a similar mane. Not not salt and pepper, which I find distinguished, mm. but I had a glory in my twenties. Oh, what a head of hair! Well, that's uh, that's what's going on in that competition. Let's do some news, buddy. Can't say you're not being respected, Dave. No, indeed, no, indeed. I might, I might even ask McGee to pull out the uh, the old Flames song, the around the league Flames theme song for you, uh, Mark yes. Sessler, from way back when. Well, I think, I think, uh, Mark actually he has some family stuff going on too, so that's why he wasn't able to make it in today. But Mark should be back later in the week. And um, I think that will be a uh, return of the Flames. So make sure oh. we get we get that going. Interesting week, a fun week. Uh, but let's. Talk. How about you? Before you, what about the news about Dan Hanzoos? Look at your rising star at, at in uh, in the world of pro football. Are you feeling it when you go back home? Are people <laughs> or do people notice you out on the streets? Hey, is that the guy? That's the guy who does the the, the ATN. I don't going? get that really. Really. I know you get it a lot because I'll be out with you during at league events and you'll be noticed because I think you've done a lot more TV stuff. But uh, we have a, a, a nice listenership and, you know, people read uh, the stuff that we write, our pages, as you say, but I don't get noticed a lot. Oh, I think uh, I think you're the breakout star of the breakout podcast of <laughs> NFL media. What a oh, love fest you. right now, uh, but it's going to get ugly as we delve deeper into the show. Let's start with. The New Orleans Saints and uh, Sean Payton, uh, the head coach of the Saints, of course, who is for many years now uh, had job security. Thanks in large part to the man behind center, Drew Brees. Uh, he was asked, uh, Sean Payton was, uh, if he believes that time is becoming an issue for Drew Brees, who is h- how old now, Dave? 38. I'm going to say maybe 37, but he's, he's- up there. 37, he turned 37 in January. Uh, This is what Peyton had to say, though. At this stage he is in in his career, it's a question that gets asked a lot. He said on Total Access, I have not seen, there's not a rep of play where I've noticed something different. I think it's a credit to look. We know how he trains his diet, everything in his day to prepare well, to play well at that uh, position. I think it's really changed. And you hear that a lot now, Dave. And I know that, like, you know, Tom Brady is a guy that, I predicted on this very podcast we're going to start to see some slippage this year in his age 39 season, more a wish uh, than something maybe I see actually happening. But I'm wondering if you see anybody, if there's someone you had in mind from last season, uh, an all-pro type talent, a Hall of Fame type guy that maybe saw a little bit last year slippage and maybe we will see him coming down further in 2016 and that includes Drew Brees. Anybody that comes to mind for you? Well, I, you know, Drew Brees, first of all, I, I feel like that there is a slight regression in spite of the numbers that he put up even in 2015. Obviously, massive uh, totals, but I guess maybe we can uh, excuse that by who he has catching passes or who he no longer has catching passes there. You know, I, I, is it a little too easy to say Frank Gore? Yes. It's too simple to say it's Frank It's too Gore. simple because I think he really did show – and he's old, too. He's like 33 years old now. Well, I mean, the, the big season, and I hate to bring this up if you want it to get sour as we move into it, mm-hmm. 
big season for Darrell Revis. That's fair. In the conversation for best cover corner in history, along with Prime and Rod Woodson and Mel Blunt probably would also work his way into that conversation. Revis, obvious regression if you watched him play, especially the game against New Hopkins, a younger guy running away from him. 2016 looms large now for the future Hall of Famer. Well, that you know that contract is, we've yet to really see with um, Big Mac if that was the right move to bring back Revis. There was a lot of uh, personal stuff involved bringing Darrell back, but if he does regress to the point where he's a league average or a little bit better than average cornerback this upcoming season, it was a terrible contract because they pay him like a star starting quarterback. And by giving a cornerback that much money, you lost all the advantage that you usually have. Uh, you never have an advantage when you don't have a, a real quarterback, but at least you have a lot of flexibility with the rest of your salary cap. So they need Revis to still be a Pro Bowl guy. I, I think it was a little bit overblown uh, the sh- how his struggles were played up, but he certainly had problems against the 24-year-old studs like a New Hopkins. Uh, that you cannot deny that. So that that's fair. I thought you were going to say. Um, Brandon Marshall. There's a couple guys on the Jets you could say that about uh, that that gets me a little bit nervous. But uh. yeah, I I know. But Marshall to me, his game isn't predicated on speed and nece- and not even necessarily um, superhuman athletic ability at all. It's sort of like Dirk Nowitzki. The reason Dirk Nowitzki can last and be relevant this late in his career is because his game was never based around his his uh, superior athleticism, whereas I feel like Russell Westbrook better cash in now. Like if Russell Westbrook to, to look at the NBA, he if he wants to move and get a big contract and all that, he needs to do it now because I'm not sure that his game's going to translate. So these older QBs to then steer it back to Reeve, I mean to uh, to to Breeze and Peyton and Brady, none of those guys have ever leaned on the ability to, to use speed or, you know, superior athleticism. That's why those guys can can hang around as long as they do. And I think Brandon Marshall, uh, so much of his success is really he knows how to how to go up and get it. And I don't think that goes away with age. She almost has like the old guy in the gym, the b- guy playing basketball that can still post up and hit a jump shot. You could take that deeper into your career. Or your days. Don't you Hawaii. feel like he has that mastered in the same yes. way that Anquan Bolden sort of had? Who doesn't as, have a job, by the way? Yeah, I know. Crazy. A little weird. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, a buzzy team this offseason. Uh, back when, back in October of last year or, or November, Connor Orr went over to England. By the way, Irish, let's get Connor back uh, in on the phone, maybe for Thursday's show. We got to check in uh, his polarizing, horrible movie segment. Uh, which left a lot of our listeners feeling, uh, you know, that maybe Connor was not the answer uh, going forward with our podcast. We got to get him back on the line <laughs> and just see where he's at, head, his headspace, see Tough where the listeners fair. are, and see where everybody's at. But uh, back in October, uh, Shad Khan, the team owner of the Jaguars, uh, said that the the process of getting the Jabs, Jags back to respectability uh, was frustrating and maddening at times. Uh, but if you know football, regrettably, it's the right thing to do, the long process he was referring to. But now, uh, he, he said Monday in an interview with USA Today, Khan said that we have the talent in place, and I think if you're a Jaguars fan, you should be excited and you should have some expectations that we're going to be a sustainable winning organization. Now, Shaq, when I read that, I'm hearing the owner 
who you have to give the owner ownership credit in Jacksonville uh, and that front office credit because and Mark Mark Sessler laments this all the time about the Browns how they never stick with a um, st- structure long enough to let anything take hold. The Jags have went the other way. They've they've stuck with Gus Bradley, the head coach, uh, Caldwell, the GM. But when you see things like he's uh, Shad Khan, the owner, saying there are expectations, no more excuses, right? This team needs to be at least a 500 team, right? Yeah, it's it's a thing, and I maybe part of it is owed to the region of football America in which they play because. If you put together a list of the teams that feel the least relevant year in and year out, and certainly it has something to do with their win totals, but you would say the Titans, the Jags, there are a lot of, you know, that SEC country where college football maybe rules. So they're always in a fight that that seems foreign to us. You're from, obviously, the Northeast, and I'm from Pittsburgh. You know, football is never far from no matter what time of year. So they're always scratching for that, and so as far as that goes, I'm with Sessler. Good for the Jags to show a little patience here. It is not a rem- It is not a solution for what ails your franchise to just constantly be flipping over coaches and GMs. I don't know about 2016. This has nothing to do with the football actual moves that they made, but when you feel that hype train getting up to 500 miles an hour in summer – When's the last time that worked out for a pro football team? It always feels like it's a year away. People, the fans, the the general you know football fans, when when something gets really crazy, this team's definitely going to be good this year. They're going to come out of nowhere. It almost never happens. It's always one year after that hype train leaves the station. True? I, I totally agree with you, and I think if you look at the AFC South, there's a lot of that going on right now. Uh, I think the Tennessee Titans are another team you're hearing that about this year. And I, I, I have to see it. You know, I have to see these teams actually uh, show they're ready to make that leap because on paper, the Jaguars look like a team to really get excited. They about. are so loaded, it feels like. right? Yeah. And even on the defensive side, Dante Fowler coming back. Nobody's talking about that. But that, that guy was supposed to be an instant game plan wrecker. Blows out his AC and, and typical Jaguars form in the first practice of the first OTA after being the third overall pick. He's back, too. So if he comes back, the defense could be scary, potentially. And Blake Wardle's through Look like 40 at the, touchdowns. I mean, there are so many things, if you get away from the nonsense that I just uh, spewed, you know, which is just trying to follow the, the trends of what happens in the preseason and then into the season. If you look at, as you say, the actual pieces there, how can this team go wrong? And to anybody who would say building your team through free agency doesn't work, hasn't been paying attention the last couple of years because while that rhetoric – it what did what was in fact true the new england patriots really blew that out of the water or at least started it when they added revis when revis proved to be the missing piece more or less for the patriots to get over the hump and then look at the reigning super bowl champions all the key pieces they added through free agency as well i think it's a new world order and you can in fact do that and yeah and, and yeah you look at gibson and Malik Jackson, who now wears a ring, and what he'll bring, and his ability. You think Ware and Miller benefited from what Malik Jackson did on that defensive front? So, too, will now Dante Fowler and maybe Miles Jack. That There's some ifs there, Jalen Ramsey's knee and Miles Jack. But if those things break right for the team in the horrible two-tone helmets, I, I you know, how uh, th- that defense should be mighty. That is Gus Bradley's wheelhouse, for what it's worth, coaching up the defense. The question to me is, 
and I know you and your ATN heroes are all in lockstep on Blake Bortles. The question is why? I, you know, I, I'm not as we're not in lockstep, by the way. Oh, really? I, I, I thought a little bit his numbers were a little padded. That little garbage time helped him get to some of those figures, and he led the NFL in interceptions. So I'm not ready to christen him the next great quarterback, but. Uh, the mailman, who I respect as a football mind, he he certainly seems to think that guy could be a top five quarterback in the next couple of years. And Sessler feels the same way. You know, listen, the the physical skill set is uh, w- looks to be beyond reproach. He you know runs around well, he moves or throws the ball well, more or less on on the run. And uh, and I mean he, he's the physical doppelganger of Ben Roethlisberger. As a Steelers fan, you know I I have to like that. Um, from people within the organization, I have been told, people who would know about these things, Hubba, that there's Hubba. some concern about Blake's ability to fully grasp the NFL playbook. That this is that that the learning curve. Are you calling him dumb? I am not calling him that. I'm saying that he, to this point, has not shown the ability mm, to fully grasp that. That's what that's what two people have told me. Okay. That's I don't name names because I'm not a reporter, and so no one cares about my names. But I'm telling you, this is what I've been told. Finally, and meanwhile, on the throne of ease. The New England Patriots have the best fans in football. That according to Emory University professor Mike Lewis, who rated fan bases on, quote, tangible measures of obsession like game attendance and social media following. According to those analytics, uh, Lewis, uh, he attempted to take a a hard look at what is really tough to, to figure out who has the best fans. But this is what Mikey had to say. These models are used to determine which city's fans are more willing to spend or follow their teams after controlling for factors like market size and short-term variations in performance. He added the Patriots' victory, another win for the Pats, is driven by fans' willingness to pay premium prices, strong attendance, and a phenomenal social media following. It came down to the Cowboys and Patriots' check. And, you know, I'm disgusted to even read this. Makes my stomach turn. Your thoughts? I see the scowl on your face. I think uh, those numbers are a little inflated. Oh, Bunsen burn. Give me, where's the Roger Daltrey scream? No, no, no. That was like CSI (laughs) Foxborough. You want the Dean scream? I want, I I need the Daltrey scream. That was a, yeah, we need it. Ready? Here we go. Uh, The Daltrey scream. Wait, I need the, uh, I need the. uh, Roger Daltrey? Roger Daltrey, yeah. Didn't you ever watch CSI Miami? Yes, I know, but we use the Dean scream here. We don't have the Daltrey scream. Well, I, I mean, that's that's why you're doing it wrong. That's right. We used to, that that's the answer. Like, I think you want to give him a Dean scream just to me. Those numbers. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll try with that. Uh, those numbers seem a little inflated. Oh, you're done. not as good. Now, a CSI joke. A little bit dated. <laughs> like five years, you missed it. I used to. Well, all right. You're right. You're right. I'm not going to explain myself anyway, to you. Anyway, this is I'm not I, here to explain myself to you. I get it. You, or any of you. Uh, I was a joke writer for Jimmy Kimmel. I just you hear me? I used to do that bit on the radio, and then more prominent oh. comedians started doing something similar, and then I was Better. lost in the wash. That's not right. Anyway, th- this is horrible because the way I look at it is the the best fan bases are a fa- I'll throw out Cincinnati, for instance. The Bengals, a team that's never won a Super Bowl, and yet 
and they've had ownership issues where, you know, you might not feel like you can trust the team. That's why Chris Wesson quit on the on the Bengals as a fan, and they lose in heartbreaking ways. have been terrible. Deck. They still have a strong fan. The Cleveland Browns, that's a great fan base. Uh, I will bring up my New York Jets. That's a loyal fan base that has never given up on their team. But the Patriots. When does it tr- – yeah, that's, Patriots, that's rubbish. I, yeah, I went to a school in Boston before they started winning the Super Bowls. Let me tell you something. That was like the number four – uh, biggest team in that region as recently as 2002. It's it's always there's there's a that paradox that will always exist, and it's hard to it's hard to grasp how both of these things can be true. But any team that is the best in any given sport, whereas the anybody who's inclined for cynicism hates dynasties. I hate this team. Anybody but blank. Anybody who's the dominant team, and yet. It's the say it's the Kobe thing. Don't I mean? Do you know anybody who's a huge Kobe fan? And yet his jersey sales are biggest in in the yeah. NBA. It's the say it's that dynamic. So I I write uh, the Patriots stuff off as so much nonsense, and it's uh, you know uh, recency bias and whatever else. People like to attach themselves to to a winner. And I got you know yeah I'm a Steelers fan, but how can you go against the Steelers when oh. any game you watch, wherever the game is played? They sound like there are twenty five thousand fans at the game. No matter where, no matter where the games. Remember Monday Night Football against the Chargers, and the the cheers were literally louder for the Steelers than they were for the Chargers on that night. But, but all right, and the but, Cowboys, the Cowboys are the only team that I'll hear uh, otherwise, and maybe the Packers. But this is why, and this, you make a good point that the Steelers fans travel extremely well, and there's something to be said for that. But part of the reason that they travel well is because. You know, fans like to go watch their team when there's, there's a good team to watch. The Steelers have been a, a really good team That's for longer right. than they have it in the past 40 years. And, uh, you know, the teams, the, the fans that have had crummy teams to follow for decades and still sell the Minnesota Vikings. That's a great fan base. I mean, teams that have had to swallow a lot of S. I, I hear you. Back. But at That's what point at what point does it cross over into you from being loyal to being a sucker? And, and that really has to do with, do you feel the effort from the front office? If you feel, listen, I'm standing by them. They're doing everything they can to get this thing right. But again, to refer back to another Pittsburgh team, the Pirates, there were years where they were demonstrably not trying. You know, they were, they were going out of their way to make money, not to bring in good players. And that's when you become a sucker. And as far as the Bengals go and their fan base goes, this is something that a lot of people get upset about when I say it, but... At what point does Marvin Lewis get held to a higher standard? And the ex- excuses, even from Chris Wessling, is, well, Shaq, I mean, look, look at how bad they were before Marvin Lewis arrived. All right, that means something for a long time. But it's year 13 already, man. <laughs> Win a playoff game. Same goes for Andy Dalton. This is a big year, 2016, for the Bengals. I know we didn't want to go into the Bengals here, but I will say that everybody who is an apologist for Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis's Bengals will say, well, the thumb injury really derailed what was going to be a new day for, for the for this organization and for these guys. And uh, Or was it a stay of execution? 2016, you tell us. Mm. This is a big one this year. Solly Wilcox, when I was doing my pain rankings last summer, he was on the Marvin Lewis train. He said, Marvin Lewis raised the Titanic, and people should not forget that. All right. But at a certain point, got to take the Titanic be, home. That's, so, that's exactly right. How long do you get? Well, but you, oh, you, you would say that because you, you're, you're used to winning Super Bowls, but the standard is different. All right, I get that. But how long can the fans just sit idly by and say, 
hey, we're, we're not the worst team in the NFL anymore. And by the way, you also went to two Super Bowls. It's not like yeah. you're the no, you're not. You're not. Excuse me for saying you're not the Jets. You went to the Super. You you actually had the Ken Anderson Bengals and then the Boomer Bengals. It's not like it's a complete joke of a franchise. Uh, you had one, Irish, before we move on? Yeah, I've seen it firsthand through my lovely mother, the Buffalo Bills fans. Oh, great They're example. They're the best. They're yeah. the best. I love I mean, those Bills fans. Green Bay Packers, talk, another one. You no. talk about swallowing S, I mean, for four years. Like, they they got there, but they failed each time. and then. Right, but that, I mean, that's kind of a loaded thing because that means they were the – that was also unprecedented to go to the Super Bowl four times in a row. But then for nothing – they've never been to the playoffs – uh, since 2000 now, uh, that is as dark as it gets. Um, all right. Let's move on. That's what's happening in the news. Uh, good news seg, Sheck. All right. It was all right. It's like 7 out of 10. Oh, I, I usually give out a pre-show grade. Ooh. Um, we're into the show, so it's, it's kind of complicated, but complicates it. But uh, I will give – I feel good about the rest of the show from this point on. Uh, really confident. Great to have Sheck here. Um Really respect Shaq. Oh, shush. Love doing the show. <laughs> Pre-show grade from here on out, B minus. Oh. All right. I guess there's some. There's a little bit, a little bit of a carrot and a whip at the same time there. <laughs> hey, let's check in on Shaq's Chinese democracy. All right. Let's do this. All right. So. All right. There you go, ago, fella. Months ago, Shaq told us he was working. This is all I like to take credit for this because I put out my deep However alternative of the '90s uh, Spotify playlist, and Check said oh, I can do that. So he started working on his I own do. playlist. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's rewriting history. I didn't do it. Yes. Wait, Hansus is doing it. I'll do it, but do it better. <laughs> so I anyway. discovered. No, I discovered I, to my pleasure because I'm because uh, I'm well behind the times. I just got spotify and what a revelation it's changed my life that's funny my brother uh who's younger than me but is not as technologically inclined he uh discovered um spotify also recently and it changed his life he he raves about it what a thing it is it's like the radio except all the songs you want to hear um anyway so (laughs) millennials rolling their eyes um but you're working on this. I've been waiting for this thing to drop because you're a very proud man when it comes to your music tastes. Sometimes you've hit out at me because you think I have a well, little, my, I'm a little too mainstream. I don't care if you're mainstream. I couldn't care less. I think it's weird that one of your favorite bands is Travis. Oh, I love Travis. That's weird. I mean, that's nothing to, you know. One of the great alternative rock bands of the late 90s and still putting out good music to this day. Is that right? Travis. They're still around. They're still, they are still around. Not just one guy. Uh, no, the band in, in full. Bad Travis. name, bad everything. Yeah, I've been working <laughs> on my list there. That I mean, was yeah. Pavement, by the way. That was Sheck's favorite band. Would that be, one of that my favorites. Yeah, I would say that's one of my favorite bands. I mean, listen, I'm not that far afield. I like Led Zeppelin is my favorite band of all time. How do you you heard of them, right? Zeppelin. Is that, is that super hip to say I like Led no, Zeppelin? No, not at all. I also like Skinner. How about that? It's rangy. Mm. So now this is Sheck actually playing out of his phone. This is a sneak peek right now at – the Spotify playlist. My favorite Skinnerd song. One of the if if I had to go off to a desert island, and I only got to have five songs with me, this would be one of them. Tybee Island. I'd love to go to the island. This is this does show um, that I'm a little younger than you because I didn't know that's Tuesday's Gone. Of course, I didn't know that song existed till the final. Dazed and confused. No, not even. Oh. 
the final scene of Happy Gilmore when he looks up to heaven <laughs> and sees the alligator, Carl Weathers, and Grandma all together. I got uh, – you recognize this? Well, there are all sorts of good songs that uh, this character put together, but this was a cover. Oh, Perhaps yeah. Perhaps the greatest cover song. That's a good list to put together, too. Best covers ever. Johnny Cash. Cash's uh, late-in-life um, cover albums. Rick Rubin. That were great. And Some of them, at least. And that little connective tissue there, of course, you were motivated to do this through my deep 90s alternative. I have hurt the original by Nine Inch Nails on my playlist. Dude, I don't like that song. Oh, what a song that is. Slow burner. What else you got on it? Stiff Little Fingers. How about that? This, this is a little too hipster for me. This is hipster. I never really connect this as a little like... I don't like your type of music. This is real music. And then it's like... This is punk music. Where's the melody, man? That's three-chord punk music. I know. I never mean? connected with it. I'm not saying... That. I'm saying, you know, some things I connect with, some things How I How about this? This is... Uh, here's another... Probably... This would probably come with me. One of the five songs. Grateful Dead. Let's go from punk music. How about going to to Love and Flowers and... This is eclectic. I'll, that's why people are excited about this. Out in the Sun... Some of the best times of my life, going to see the dead, sitting on a grassy hill in one of those open-air venues. Let me ask you a question. Jerry Garcia, of course, has been uh, – he's no longer with with us. I heard about that. 21 years now. It's been a long – Oh, my God. My friend Reggie and I were going to see him play at Soldier Field um, just before his his untimely passing. Ouch. Well, let me ask you this. Now, this is hipster. Okay, let's hear it. This is – this is, um, is Rural Alberta Advantage. I like the sound of it. Yeah, this is relatively obscure current music. All right. I like the sound of that. Let me ask you this. Go ahead. If you could see one act at any point in their career, spanning the years and decades, who would the act be and what year or tour would it be? Whoo. I'll I, throw out mine first. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, as you know, I'm a huge U2 fan, which isn't easy either, by the way. Catch a lot of heat for that. Uh, but if I um, the first U2 tour I saw was in 97. But if I could have seen uh, the Zoo TV tour in 1992 when they had just reinvented their, their sound and they wow. kind of taken everything in a different direction and it was a really state-of-the-art tour at the time, I would have loved to see the Zoo TV tour in 1992 a little too young for it. That is the one. Who show was I your first see. show that you saw? First show I saw. Um, you'll like this one. It was the Counting Crows and Cake at the Beacon Theater in 1996. So, all right. Listen, you start somewhere. <laughs> I saw. Um, I listen. I've been out. I went to see Genesis once. So um, <laughs> got some good songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But this was uh, Phil Collins and all his cheese. This is oh, uh, no. this is right around. I don't know. if Susudio had happened yet, but it was right in that uh, that era there. Me and my brother, we have like a fun game whenever we get together. We watch the I Can't Walk uh, live. Uh, it was like a video from a, a live show from 1993 or something, Genesis, and it's the tackiest thing you can ever imagine. I Can't Walk, yeah. Do you remember the video no, where they're doing the, the dance? Yes. They do that across the stage with like 97,000 <laughs> whites watching it with high-waisted <laughs> jeans. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's amazing. You have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, that was a bleak. That was a bleak run for a once proud band. That wasn't good. Hey, listen. Here's one. Here's Let's this. Hear it. You couldn't be cheesier than this. Sean's brother and Chris's. Oh brother, yeah. Michael Penn. I love this song. I loved it when it came out in '91 or '92-ish, right when you were wishing to see you two. Yeah. And I still love it. I had no. I had no idea of the relation. You can still go and catch Michael Penn playing in uh, clubs around Los Angeles if that's your desire. I would go to hear that song. All right, so who is it? The act and the uh, tour or year era. I saw Cash before he went. I saw... Well, you can see Cash in San Quentin. You know what I'm saying? We can go anywhere you want with this. Wow. You know what? If I could go and see Cash play the San Quentin show... I don't know that there would pretty be good. one that I would rather see than that. That's pretty good. I don't I can't cite a a specific Zeppelin show, but I certainly would would love to have seen them at the height of their powers. And then, you know, it's it's an You know what? I was going to say the Beatles of course are an obvious. These are these are the lamest answers ever, I guess. But uh um I I'd love to have seen the Ramones. I would love, you know, in the, you know, when their first uh record mm. broke. Um I'd love to see that to me what remains the greatest front man ever is Mick Jagger. I'd love to see Mick Jagger on the, sure. I don't, did they tour around exile on main street? If they did, then that way, I guess uh, that would be a tough one. You to go do. to that concert where the dude got stabbed. The the part of San Altamont. I'll tell you, watch the documentary on Altamont and I, they, they're playing uh, sympathy for the devil. They're playing this fevered, fiery, version of sympathy for the devil and literally clouds of smoke are rising up while the <laughs> hell's angels yeah. are doing terrible things to the fa- and the the hippies and they don't know what's going on and there there uh, there are uh people hallucinating and there are bullies out there in leather and and Mick Jagger is, and Keith Richards are giving you the soundtrack right on the stage in front of you. It's it's yeah. something to behold. Look no, I wouldn't up. want to be at that one. Yeah, read about that because, yeah, the Rolling Stones hired the Hells Angels to work security for a, a public concert at a park that led uh, tragic results, but uh, it went down in rock history. This is one of my favorite bands, Spoon. This is early Spoon. Oh, yeah, do you? I do. I love Series of Sneaks, my favorite uh, record of theirs. Got some built to spill on here, of course. Perfect from now on. That right, would be so one of my records that would go with. It's me. a work in progress. You're going to let us know when it drops. So I feel like now that we've talked about it, this is the time to strike while the iron's hot. Get it out there to the people. You don't want to pull an Axl Rose and you hold on to Chinese democracy ten years later than you should have, and then no one cares. You're right. Got to get it out. I l- I'm not doing it for the people. Everything's not a show. You don't always got to be on hand, Zeus. Something <laughs> I can't take off. <laughs> All right. Have you announced your big news here? Um, no. Oh, what, all right. What news? Your personal news. Oh, that I have another one on the way? Yeah. I have. Oh, I wanted to and give And congratulations to Sheck. Thank you. I wanted to give you some names Father. real quick. I wanted to throw some names out to you. Some actual, as helpful as what you should do in my in my book is what you shouldn't do. And if you're naming a masculine child, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but just in case it's, it's a, a boy. I knew that, but I didn't want to say yep. that on the air. Did you just hear? That's a recorded lie Damashek just heard. See if you can study that for the next time. If Dave's <laughs> lying, see if you can notice anything in that sentence before Hanzus let me off the hook. Here are the names 
this is one of my ongoing lists in life is uh, names that you shouldn't name a baby boy. That's good weird. because we actually have a name in mind. I'm, I'm going to see if this actually is on this list. Gary. <laughs> Gary's out. Gary the baby is a terrible name. Gary's out. Like Brandon is a bad is a good name for a baby, but not for a grown up man. Oh, you're talking Cody. About Irish. So I go by Irish now, not Brandon. Yeah. Cody, yeah. See now you sound or different. McGee right. as you right. I mean now you sound yeah you sound like uh, now you sound like a bad director from okay. two thousand two. <laughs> but right, Toby might be cute for or Justin might be cute for your baby, but when he's a grown man, where's the respect he's gonna get? <laughs> Still waiting. It's a tough spot. Here's another one, Glenn. Glenn the baby. Oh, he's adorable. Look at how adorable he is. What's his name? Luther. You don't want to be Luther the baby. No. Kevin. Wayne. Wayne the baby. How does? How would anyone in the history of the world ever say when they saw the little baby, the little bundle of joy, and say, oh, we got to call him Wayne. <laughs> Wayne the baby. You're t- let, let me hear. I'm interested why you're taking shots at Kevin. I just think Kevin the baby. Oh, oh, is that the under consideration? No, no, no. It's my brother's name. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Kevin Danger. That's right. It's weird, isn't it? I, you know. Now I, I'm happy with my name. I'm happy I got I got Daniel. It's a solid name. Well, because Dan and Daniel and Danny, you know, like Danny the baby, Danny boy, oh Danny boy. It's cute and it's you know has yeah. some has some history to it in in pop culture and everything. Kevin, Kevin the <laughs> baby. The most famous Kevin is Kevin Arnold from Home Alone. Is that true? Well, can you name a more famous? I'm trying. I'm running through Kevin Falk, yeah. um, Kevin Stevens of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Won a couple of Stanley Cups with them. That Rem- fell on some hard times. All right, not it. We got to go move ahead. on. All right, so Kevin Cobb. Keep a Kevin Costner. Keep an eye out for Sheck's uh, Chinese Democracy. Before we go, let's check in with the mailbag. We don't have a mailbag drop. That was that's on me. Well, we need – I mean, that's on me. I'll do it. You didn't. There you go. Learn that trick. Your kid is moving into the age where he'll be impressed by that sort of – my oh. my older children are very impressed by stuff like <laughs> the, the fake paper rip right now. I'm he- sure your little one now is, is impressed be- by the taking the nose off, and I have your nose here. Yes, absolutely. Kevin Spacey, by the way, is a good one. Good one. Solid one. All right, let's start right here. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this before, Shaq, but let's revisit it uh, if we have. Uh, Matt Perkins, at Matthew S. Perkins, uh, writes, we heard about the best football books. That's on last week's uh, podcast while I was away. They discussed books. Books. Uh, you know, not a, I'm not a voracious reader. I'm a busy man. So I sat that one out. The guys talked about a bunch of football books they love. Check it out if you want. Uh, but uh, this Matt Perkins had this to say. We heard about the best football books. What about the Mount Rushmore of football movies? And this, to me, Shaq, is one of the great mysteries in American uh, popular culture that a beloved sport like football, which is only getting more and more popular, cannot turn out any good football movies. And it, it's gotten to the point now where it seems like, and I'm not, you know, I'm not even going to count concussion because that was really an anti-football movie on a, on a lot of levels. Uh, it feels like Hollywood has now stopped trying because it's uh, guaranteed box office poison to uh, borrow a quote from Norm Macdonald. Uh, but if I had to make a list and keep in mind, this is, this is the best I could do. I'm not, I'm not doing bits here. Dave. 
lay it on me. I can't wait to hear because I agree with you and have lamented this myself. The best sports movies in my book would be put them in whatever order you want to put them in. But I would say The Natural. Mm-hmm. And, what, and, and notice what these movies have in common. The Natural, Hoosiers, and Slapshot. And Slapshot is mostly comedic, plays mostly um, for comedy. But what they, have, what they all have in common is is that you buy that the actors are actually capable of doing what they're what they're supposed part to be of doing. It. How how many times? And you know it's 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 hacky at this point to make fun of Robert De Niro for throwing like a girl. But I mean, really, if you're making a movie with the attention to detail that's paid to every element of it, don't you think when you're casting your actor that he should be able to look like he knows how to throw a ball? Absolutely. The Natural is great because Redford, you buy it. You don't question for a second. Like I don't know, he doesn't really look like he could fit in with uh, with the other guys out there. That's the key. The guy, the kids in Hoosiers could all shoot it. And by the way, the higher standard, they all look like they're shooting it in 1952. They all have that right. that period specific kind of set shot too, and you buy it. But so. Why then in football can they not approximate what it looks like? Instead, what they do in football movies is that is like the last play of the game. They're on their own 21-yard line. They have to go the length of the field to win this game. And then the QB scrambles for a touchdown. Right. And he seems to elude 132 defenders or along the way. What? The that- scramble, the fumble, the pick up the fumble, ludicrous trick play to the, to the fatty. And then, and then that's how they win the game. It angers me. They can't do it. They can, they cannot get the reels. Lay your list on me. I can't wait to hear what is even well, what counts as a good football. Yeah, game. like for instance, Varsity Blues is a rewatchable cable movie, uh, and but by no, no means a classic. I mean, it has the classic line. Playing football in West Canaan may have been the opportunity of your lifetime. So that accent. But I don't want your life. Ron Lester, rest in peace, uh, who played Billy Bob in the movie. Uh, he just passed away recently. He he took it to the grave that he just despised Vanderbeek's uh, southern accent because uh, Lester was a, a Texan, a native Texan. But anyway, I would put I Vars- love that breathy. That his his, his uh, voice coach apparently instructed him the key to having a Texas accent. I don't want yeah, your exactly. life. <laughs> uh, Varsity Blues would be on my list. Um, I would put Rudy on my list. Uh, again, a, a rewatchable movie. I still love the ending. Get the goosebumps with the with the music on, when the, when he gets in the game. Uh, not a perfect movie, but then I run out of. I seriously run out of options. Am I going to put unnecessary roughness on this or no, necessary roughness? Please on this don't. List? That movie is I, not funny. Am I going to put uh, Friday Night Lights the movie? The the movie was flawed. The TV show was brilliant, but the movie was flawed. Um, Draft Day was a pile of crap. Let's yes. be honest. Even though. Uh, the Sizzler seemed to really like it. Uh, I I did not see, and this is a bad job at me as a professional football writer, I have not seen Brian's song or the original Longest Yard. I would think they would probably fill out the last two spots for me. But Longest I, right Yard, still Longest Yard has some legit uh, entertainment value to it. You might get some legitimate laughs at it. The problem with that one, watching it in 2016 for the first time, you've seen those jokes repeated. That's what ails classic comedies across the board is that then people obviously copycat that it's like watching I love Lucy why was this why was this funny well so many people were inspired and mimicked it that now all those jokes have been one upped and two upped and so on 
Um, but yes, watch the longest yard. It's much better than the Adam Sandler one. And of course, by the standard I laid out at the top, Burt Reynolds being a college football player, you buy him as a football player. They mix in some actual players. Ray Nitschke has one of the more memorable scenes in that. So I would list that in a sad and shallow group of football movies. The best is, you're right, you said it, uh, Rudy, that's got to be your number one. Um, Some people get excited about any given Sunday. I can't. I can't get into it. I cannot stand any given. And you know Sunday. what? I don't. Yeah, I think it's a little um, cheesy. And also, I can't get past horrible fake team names like the Miami Sharks. That I, trips you me know, up every time. I'm surprised you say that because I kind of thought that that was the one thing they got right. Was I thought that was kind of a cool uniform, spare <laughs> black and white. And the Miami Sharks makes regional sense. I didn't, but I did hate the team that they played in Cowboy Stadium or in Texas Stadium for the title. They had like kind of like a Saints kind of thing, but they yeah. were really ugly and they had a big logo on the front. But that's the play. That's what uh, Jamie, uh, um, yeah, what's the actor? Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Jeez. Jamie Foxx scrambles on the last play for like 80 it's a, yards. It's okay, Shaq. You have like 14 kids now. <laughs> Got a lot of stuff going on in your brain. I can't, I can't keep them all straight. Uh, but what else is in there? What else, what else is even a, a possibility? That's what that's what we're talking about. If you ask, if you ask, I would say if you ask a hundred people or everyone in NFL media under this roof right now, their top four, at least half of them would put any given Sunday on there, which really tells you a lot about what's going on. That's a that's a deeply flawed movie. Anyway, we'll think about that. Brian Song. I, you know, at this again, a move, now that you've seen a million other tear jerkers, this is the one that people, the guys always say, that's the one movie that makes me weepy. There is a, there are a couple of sad things, but uh, looking back on that one, it doesn't really hold up because Jimmy Kahn is the, is uh, <laughs> Jimmy Kahn is a football player, and you're not really. Iris, you had one. How do you guys feel about Remember the Titans? Oh, that's a good movie. It's all right. That's good. That would probably be on on my again, but it's not in my top. 200 movies ever. I yet it might understand. be on my top four football movies. Something's off. Oh, I'll th- I got one. I'm sorry. Legitimately, you want to see some actually remarkable uh, football footage? Go and watch Black Sunday. It's a terrorism movie in which the terrorists take over the Goodyear blimp during Super Bowl X, and they fly it in. And I forget what they were trying to do. Either get – I don't know if they were uh, – the intent was to – go into the stadium, into the Orange Bowl and blow it up or whatever it was. The blimp is over there. But they, to show what a different time it was in the world, they had the camera crews all over the field. And the and, and the access they had, you would never get in, in, in modern day. The NFL would never clear such such uh, freedom to the shooters. But they the, the access that they have, the field level access all over the field of, you're watching Lynn Swan make his, you know, his great catch in Super Bowl Ten and Staubach and Drew Pearson and everything else. It's phenomenal, and it does remind me of something that's always stuck in my craw, too, which is Hollywood hates Pittsburgh sports teams. Black <laughs> Sunday, the Steelers are terrorized. Heaven can, oh, heaven can wait. That's number two. Heaven can wait's my second favorite okay. football movie. That's a great one with Warren Beatty. War, but uh, Warren Beatty's character is on the Rams, and they beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. That would never happen in real life. More hatred for Pittsburgh. The Batman movie in what's so-called Gotham is obviously in Heinz Field. What happens there? They blow it up. How about in sudden death? Jean-Claude Van Damme terrorized during the Stanley Cup final. Doesn't Isn't that the movie where Van Damme – 
ends up somehow being the goalie and he's That's standing right. on his head. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he also is forced to kill Iceberg, the mascotting legend, because uh, because a terrorist puts on Iceberg's costume and Van Dam has no choice <laughs> but to dispatch him. That uh, I'm looking at the tagline right now for sudden death. Action goes into overtime. That's right. Oh, and one more for yeah. you. I just, one more. The natural. Who does Roy Hobbs beat in the one-game playoff? The home run? The Pittsburgh Pirates. And what happens at the end? He hits the ball into the lights. They explode. Dangerous shards of glass rain down on the outfielders of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Who knows what their fate was? Hollywood doesn't care. They're busy following around the New York night celebration. Well, uh, let me just say before we move on, I, I'm so sorry you have to have this cross the bear, Dave, with Hollywood and Pittsburgh sports teams. I much rather have to deal with that as a, a Jets fan and have six rings. All right, fair, right? That's what it goes. Well, you to know, show. What we the largesse, the the uh, shadow cast by Pittsburgh. You want to? You need to have a bully that. Wow, that that is who our heroes beat. Wow, Pittsburgh doesn't get any better than that. Next question from Vinny Houseplant. Oh, I love Vinny. Uh, Vinny actually is a gifted singer-songwriter. You may remember him, uh, Shaq, and I don't know if this is actually on your playlist. Let's listen. Forget Jersey, yes, your love is a personal hardship. Yes, the great hit from Vinnie Houseplant, Hair Zeus. I used to, you know what? Took a collection of my tweets, uh, served as the verses, and then that, that excellent chord. That's awesome. The only thing that brings me down is that Vinnie Houseplant used to follow me, and he used to write me on Twitter. Ouch. No, he doesn't. This is awkward. I don't, anyway, know what that, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Vinny, reach Come out to Jack. Come on home, Vinny. Uh, I want to know, Vinny asks, what team uh, Hare would adopt if he was if he was ever disallowed the Jets? Same for Sheck. No Steelers. Uh, for me, um, I would I would definitely rule out any team that's had a significant level of success because that would mean I would miss the good times and then just be jumping aboard a ship that uh, already had glory. So I would never do that. I'm living in L.A., um, so the Rams make a lot of sense. And, yes, they have that title, but that was a long time ago now. Um, so the Rams uh, or one of the teams from my pain rankings, I would say, uh, let's say the Browns would be kind of fun to get on board with Sessler, although that feels like even worse than being a Jets fan. Uh, so it would be a bad team uh, that's on its way up or maybe the Rams since I'm in L.A. That's right. And, you, yeah, you can't be a front runner like so many of our coworkers are. They just jump on with whoever is good at the at the time. You say L.A. It's not a decision you can make intellectually. It's one made with the heart. And I think the Rams will win you over. You're going to be hearing a lot about them in the L.A. market. The question is, Hansus, and I've asked you it before, but what about when little Jack decides that he wants to make nice with his – friends at school, mm. and he says, I want a Rams jersey. What does uh, Papa Hanzu say? When will that be, about in first grade or something? Three years, four years from now? Well, I'm going to put in my three-year notice. Is that right? I'm going back to New York. Can't can't let it happen. I mean, if, that, if you're willing to do that, then your fandom is beyond reproach for all of time. If you move back to New York to prevent such a, a, a thing. Uh, don't don't put it past me. That's I respect it. I respect it. Um, yeah, I'll go with Browns. Who would you go with? 
The, I, I mean, yeah, I mean the – Or Rams. It would have to be the Rams. And by the way, as a side note, I'm thinking about, uh, well, as I just said, you can't do it intellectually. But I think I'm going to try and jump in on the Lakers now. This is a great time to jump in. You could do that. Yeah, all new just about. Uh, ch- ch- do a couple more, and then we got to get out of here. Uh, from Brian Furlong at Furlong B3, what has Sheck done with the toaster since the game has retired? Uh, I could tell you this one because it was a little bit awkward. After Sheck defeated Chris Wessling, who that loss hurt Wes more than he let on, by the way. Uh, Wes, I think he was confident he was going to get you back and have revenge. Mm-hmm. And then when you took him down again, um, that's stuck to his ribs pretty good. That's like how the Bengals were in January when they figured, oh, we'll make uh, quick work of these Pittsburgh Steelers. Very similar. Uh, I saw Shaq give Wes the toaster and say, hey, do you want to just keep it in your desk for whenever we need it again? So, uh, And Wes, I think he was kind of stunned, and he said, well, okay. And it, that it, you have the, your toaster in Wes's desk right now. Well, my co-host on DDFP, Handsome Hank Hodgson, with whom you're familiar, the Englishman, he uh, he has advocated that I put it on uh, eBay or just, you know, put it out. He's like, give Smart. it away to somebody. Just hand it off to somebody like so much trash. <laughs> well, it's your toaster. You do. It I well. would like it to hang over. I have suggested and maybe you can help out with this Irishman Wes's seat. I would like it put over his head. Forget the sword of Damocles. I want the toaster of Damashek hanging over Ouch. Wes's head forever. That would be something. I would even sign off on that potentially because I want Wes to get mad and get angry and go. That's after. not going to help him. That's not going to help him in, the, in, in, in any of this. What's that, how's that going to affect anything? I believe in Angry Wes is going to suddenly be better at trivia. Uh, moving on, Tom Marshall uh, at our at a red zone. Uh, UK, okay, uh, writes, you can add a sports slash discipline to the Olympics. What would it be, and would you take part? I assume Connect Four is involved, Connect but you've retired, yeah. I thought. Well, I've retired doesn't mean that I, I don't uh, – that my respect for the sport isn't active, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. I, I love when people tweet uh, at me about Jay-Z and Beyonce and Rajon Rondo and Kanye. Oh, oh they're all great. Yeah, playing – paper champs you know oh they're good oh they're celebrities i would i would annihilate them were i still a competitive floor play <laughs> which i'm not I, i'll play recreationally anytime answers uh, i'll say you uh i would uh i would bring wiffle ball Ooh, that's to a the olympics one. uh and i would definitely play uh i still have a mean slurve and a, a plus fastball so and I could hit. I'm a lefty batter in wiffle ball. Annually, we discuss this, and it never comes to fruition. It is an Olympic year. Why don't we? Can't we put it together? The regular guy decathlon this year, Hanzus, before the NFL season kicks off. The regular guy decathlon. Ten idea. events. Who can throw a football the farthest? How many free throws out of twenty? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe we go to a golf course closest to the pin or something like that. Connect it's fun. four. It's, it's a so. great idea. Why do we do it? Who would win? You know, we gotta gotta put like somebody, maybe an intern or something, to really do the the wrangling to get everybody involved because I know there would be interest in doing this. Whose podcast would win? ATN, you, Wes Rosenthal, and Sessler versus me, Handsome Hank, Ike Taylor, and Maurice Jones. Oh, who would win the regular guy to Catholic? That's bad. That's a bad job by you. <laughs> Putting in these ex athletes, pro bowlers. <laughs> a bad job by you. Now, you would have to go with some of your uh, 
lost uh, your lost heroes of your own. You'd have to have rank involved. Maybe Elliot Harrison, some other, you know. All right, I'll still take. I'll take that bodies. team you just laid out. Okay. Claybon? Do I get Claybon? No, Claybon is just as much our territory as yours. I don't know where that how you figured that one out, but all right. You can have Colleen Wolf. How about that? Connie Fox? Yeah, we'll take Connie. All right. We got Lindsay as well, though. All right. Despite you having her on your show uh, today, which doesn't sit tremendously well with me, but. I'm sorry, but we did it uh, in the good name of the Bachelorette. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, we uh, got to do more talk on that, too, by the way. Lindsay Rhodes' rules of inappropriate etiquette or just basic etiquette rules when approaching a woman, either touching her, yes. weird kissing uh, techniques, and so on that are off-putting to a, a – you know who would really benefit from that? Oh. The Irishman behind the glass. He needs those do's and don'ts, don't you? I'm good, thanks. Oh, a little he, swagger there. He's a bit of a coxman, sneaky coxman. <laughs> Is that right? Finally, uh, from Michael Shinholt at Tag About Nothing, Dan does a good British Barnage voice, Gary Barnage. Sheck has his at NFL UK Hank version. Impression off. All right. What do you think, Sheck? You want to do it? Let's do it. All right. All right. I'm Gary Barnage. I'm quizzing, mate. Quizzing. Don't play it, war boy. I'm mad for it. I'm mad for it, mate. Drop the confetti! I'd like a strawberry! I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I love playing for the Cleveland Browns. Get on with it! Brilliant! That's all we got. <laughs> and that is probably the worst British accent I've ever heard. There's no such thing as pretzels, Dave. <laughs> we haven't... We, well, there's no such thing as a pretzel. That, that went as poorly as I imagined it would. Dynamite. Um, Dave Damashek football program two times a week. Dave all over NFL now pops up on NFL network every once in a while at Damashek. Where are you on Snapchat? I am. I don't know how to do it. Though. I just got on too. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know Need what its virtue is. I want to get good at it, but I don't know what it, why, why do you want to have something that goes away? I get why. It started that you don't want any record of what you're doing, but if you're Dan Hanzus, what's the benefit of saying something that's going to vanish after 24 hours versus it living on? It's a good question. Well, you're a millennial Irish. Can you tell us the, the, the real benefit of Snapchat? I just got on Twitter. I have no idea about Snapchat. Oh, that's good. I guess I guess the logic is, as it's been explained to me, I guess it's sort of like a live sporting event. You ne it, it it creates the okay. sense of urgency. Well, anyway, so all right. Fine. What is your Snapchat handle? Damn Doesn't matter. All right, Damashek. That's it. I'm, I'm a start... Dan Hansis. Follow me. Wait a second. You know what's going to be cool? This is how this is going to kickstart my Snapchatting. Is when I Snapchat Dan Hansus doing his talk. Go ahead, say something about it. This is Sheck getting his Snapchat. A Count off the ground. We're all very excited. What's your name? At Dan Hansis. Follow me. There you go. Millennials. So now, now I'm going to put this out. How do I make it go out now? I have zero idea. All right. We'll figure this we'll, out we'll after make the it show. Out. All right. uh, we will be back uh, with Mark Sessler uh, on Thursday. Uh, we look forward to that, getting half the band back together uh, and 
yes, you can check out the other half of the Home, home and Home. Uh, I was on Sheck Show today, as we talked about, so make sure you check that out. So that's it. Until Thursday, this is Dan Hansen signing off for Dave Damashek. Thank you, Dave. You were a true delight. What a pleasure. Uh, just a historic day. And uh, also the Irish are behind the glass. Till Thursday. All right, we're fine. All right, cool. Finally. Okay. Yeah, I gave you a lot of stuff today. Thank you for. No, that's right. It wasn't you. Here. It was the uh, iPad. It yeah. would move everything over. We're fine now. But just in general, Irish, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Coach. All right, let's do it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.